All right, joining us now, former BYU Cougar and, of course, the legend himself. He is Jimmer Fredette with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Jimmer. Thank you so much for a few minutes, man. Hey, guys. How are you doing? What's up? How you doing, Jimmer? I'm good, Tim. How are you? I'm good. I'm just getting excited to to beat you on Saturday. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't been working on my game at all, which means that I'm probably going to play really well. Okay, that's that's typical. It's right? the first time first, out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's you live on a golf course, man. Come on. <laughs> I know, I know, but I have a 10-week-old. That week is old, true. You know, that's tough. And a two-and-a-half-year-old. I mean, not a whole lot of time right now. <laughs> is everybody coming with you, or just are you coming solo this time? Just just me solo this time for the quick trip. Um, we hope to make it with them out there at some point this summer. Great. Um, so that some, some people can see them. But everybody's good health. Uh, baby, baby's good. Yeah. Mom's good. Yeah, everybody's really good health-wise. Yep, just uh, you know, getting as much sleep as we can. But we're we're having a great time. This summer has been has been really fun so far. Wesley's is uh, is really really growing up and and a lot of fun right now. So it's been good. That's awesome, man. Jimmer, before we uh, you know dive into other stuff, talk about what's going on this weekend with the Jimmerosity three on three tourney. Yeah, we have our Jimmerosity three on three basketball turn- tournament. You know, at the Provo Rec Center. Um, this Saturday, um, and it's just been absolutely um, awesome every single year that we've done it um, for the past five years. It's been a lot of fun, and we always get um, a lot of teams and a lot of kids come into play, and then we have a corporate division, which is the people who help sponsor that come in and play, so the older guys come in and play, and and, uh, that's a lot of fun too. But, um, you know, we're just trying to promote awareness for, you know, anti-bullying, um, in schools and in the Provo and Utah County, um, all the way through Salt Lake area. You know, we're just trying to help kids, um, you know, know that, uh, being respectful and being kind to others is the cool thing to do. And that's the right thing to do. And, and if you do that, it'll be a nice snowball effect and hopefully it'll, you know, help affect um, the rest of the school. So it's uh, it's a great event. We have a lot of fun with it, and uh, hopefully everybody can come out and support. Jimmer, of all the uh, the causes you could have, uh, you know, put your name on and supported, what uh, what about this cause and about bowling uh, kind of resonated with you? So I think the biggest thing for us was, um, you know, when we first started the foundation, we wanted to just try to help families out as much as we possibly could. And, um, you know, obviously I have a very close family with myself and, and my, my family, my, my brother, my, my sister, my dad, my mom, and obviously Whitney and, and my kids here. We just have a really close, uh, tight-knit family. And uh, so we wanted to do that originally, but the families kept coming to us and saying, you know, you know, our kids are really struggling because they're being bullied at school or something's going wrong at school or with their friends or they're not being included and stuff. And because of that, the family dynamic was being, you know, thrown off a little bit because the kid was just was kind of sad and, you know, didn't want to do anything after school, just wanted to be alone by in his room or whatever. And, um, you know, it was it was heartbreaking for us to hear. And because of that, we felt like in order to help families we need to make sure that the kids are kids are happy and they're doing their best and being treated the way that they should be treated so we decided to get into all the uh, uh, school districts around the area and try to promote uh, kindness and respect and uh, run these anti-bullying programs and if we could do that through a grassroots level 
uh, with these kids that it, that's the best way to actually make change. And, um, you know, so far it's been really good. I think the schools that have been uh, supporting our cause have found it to really help the school and make a great camaraderie between the kids and the teachers and everybody around the area. And it's continuing to spread um, all the way up, you know, I-15. So we hope to continue to get more and, and more help. And, uh, you know, but it's been a really great process. That's great. Uh, unbelievable cause. That's that's terrific. Uh, Jimmer, I wanted to ask you about your coach, Dave Rose. He retired uh, a couple of months ago, of course, giving me the pleasure to talk to Tim here today. But uh, will you talk about playing for that staff and what their legacy should be up at BYU? Uh, they were amazing. I mean, I think it was the best coaching staff that BYU's ever had uh, up to this point. I mean, what Coach Rose and the coaches were able to do when he was there was just win. I mean, you know, he, he just he just knew what he wanted in his program. He knew what he wanted in his players. And ever since the first year he took over, he took, he, he brought that uh, winning mentality, brought that intensity every single day, um, and uh, got the most out of his players. And uh, you know, so I I love Coach and and I'm Tim and all the coaching staff that was with me at that time. And uh, that that was all the way through until you know this last past season. But um, you know, I think that you know he is a, an amazing coach and even a more amazing guy who really truly cares about his players um, on and off the court and their families and what they do. And um, you know, so I think that. He deserves a ton of credit for where BYU is in their basketball program right now, and hopefully, you know, Coach Pope will continue that. Jimmer, uh, obviously, everybody knows you uh, played for the last few years in China, um, and then uh, signed a, a contract toward the end of the year with uh, with the Suns. Finished out the season there um, with China. What's uh, what's your favorite thing about? living over there i know you've talked to me and you actually really like it uh a lot of things about it what's uh what's one of the best things about living in china and then what's one of the more difficult things for you yeah the you know the china is uh you know it's definitely a very different place from the u.s you know just culturally and economically and you know a different different type of place to be in but um you know the city of shanghai was one of the coolest cities that i've ever been to um, I mean, it has 33 million people in it, and it's just absolutely ridiculously big. Um, but it's very easy to get around. The subway system is great. I was I used to go around the subway all the time, everywhere I could get to, and and it had actually really great food in Shanghai, which was nice. I could find anything that I wanted there, whether it was Italian or Mexican or um, or Chinese or whatever it was. It was all really really good food, which so I was very fortunate to live there. Um, but the, my favorite part was probably the people. The people were awesome. Um, they loved uh, our team. Uh, they embraced myself and my family. Uh, they loved little Wesley when she went over there. I mean, she was a superstar when she went over there. We would walk around the streets, and people would just come up and take pictures with her and wouldn't even know who I was. You know what I mean? And it was, it, so it was pretty funny. Um, so we just loved the people and how much they embraced us. You know, but some of the tough things about it is, you know, uh, you know, we don't get American uh, Internet or TV or anything like that over there. Um, you know, it's you know, they don't let you uh, get on Twitter or Instagram or any of that stuff or let you watch any of your uh, shows that you'd watch in America. So, I mean, there was a little bit of, you know, trying to figure out what was going on and, uh, in the world. Um, it's sometimes, you know, when I was out there in China, but, uh, you know, other than that, I thought it was it was a lot of fun, and and you know some of the places that we had to stay weren't great, and some of the places that we, uh, you know, that we ate at and you know on the road were were pretty tough, you know, and there's there's a lot of things that were you know difficult in that manner, but other than that, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a great experience. 
How's the basketball culture over there? Are they are they super into basketball? Is it where would you rank it amongst the sports out there? Are they they wild about the sport? Yeah, they love it. I mean, um, it's it's probably second in China behind soccer. Um, they love soccer as well, and then basketball is right behind it. And um, you know, specifically, they love the NBA. I mean, there's I think they say somewhere around 500 million casual basketball fans in China. So it's the biggest market in the world for. Uh, basketball, which is why the NBA is so big and, and trying to get over there so much and do a lot of things over in China as much as they can because that's their biggest market. And uh, they also love the CBA. They love their Chinese players. Those The Chinese players that are over there are literally superstars, you know, with millions and millions of followers. And, and uh, you know, everywhere they go, they get recognized. And, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's very cool to see. And obviously they, they, they keep up with their basketball and, and they love the, the people that are playing for their teams. So it's, it's a big market. Jim, I know you got to to run, catch a flight. Um, but uh, who do, who do you think is going to win the this the finals here? Um, who you got? Because I've been absolutely horrendous in picking games. I actually picked <laughs> Toronto because I thought Golden State would win just to like offset it. Just but to, I've been yeah, awful for sure. I've been awful. So <laughs> that's um, funny. It's so hard. Yeah, I was going to say it's so hard to predict what's going to happen. I think that Golden State's going to win tomorrow night. I think they're going to win game six and then game seven, obviously anything can happen. Um, you know, I, for me, it's really, really hard to pick against the Warriors until I see them lose. And, um, you know, so, I mean, they just, they just continue to battle and continue to fight back and have that, that heart of a champion. And, uh, you think that they're down and out and they just somehow, you know, come back and, and, and win games and just, they just do that on a regular basis. So it's hard for me, even though, you know, they're, it's an uphill battle and Toronto's played great. And obviously Kawhi's played amazing and, and they deserve a ton of credit. It, I, it's hard for me to pick against the Warriors until I see someone do it. Jimmer, before we let you go, we do a bit here on the show. We call it the house band of the day where one of us picks a band and that's uh, the music we play for all our bumper music coming back into segment all day long. And Tim and I thought we should let Jimmer pick the band of the day. Who should we listen to today? Nice. Well, my favorite band that I've been listening to a lot recently, um, their new album was great, is Panic at the Disco. All right. Okay. We I thought you were going to go it. with like Bob no. Seger or something from your throwback days. <laughs> we don't, Jim yeah, and I was always taught now. classic rock. He, he, he has oh, a yeah, for classic sure. rock side. I'm, I'm all about it. If you haven't heard the new Panic at the Disco album, definitely check it out. You guys should play some of that because it's, it's very good. All Very right. good. We're looking over at Austin. He's on it. Uh, Jimmer, we can't thank yeah. you enough for, for joining us and coming on the show. We really appreciate it, and uh, good luck this weekend with everything. Sure. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And, Tim, we'll see you Saturday morning. Yep, yeah. yeah, bring your wallet. I will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you. All right, guys. Thanks, Jimmer. Jimmer Fredette, uh, Jimmerosity three-on-three tournament this weekend, this Saturday, down in uh, in Provo. The Provo Rec Center, I believe he said, right? Yes, Provo Rec Center. And that's after catching a beating on the golf course. Yep. That is uh, that is the plan. We'll see. Hopefully I'm better at golf on Saturday than I have been at picking games. Let me ask you this. Are you what, – what do you think about Jimmer's pro career and kind of through the lens of what you thought it might be when he was leaving BYU? Well, I don't know that uh, <laughs> when he left BYU and, and – it was really like surreal to think back on. You know, I was sitting in the the auditorium the night uh, back at the Final Four in Houston um, when they gave him the the Player of the Year, Naismith Player of the Year trophy, 
And, you know, we met as a staff afterwards, got our picture taken, and it's honestly, my house catches on fire. One of the things I'm going to grab is that picture, you know, because it was so, I mean, I didn't even realize at the time just how cool that was. I mean, right. there's a guys that do this for a long, long time, and you never get to coach the player of the year. So with that being said, I, I think that, you know, you would look at a guy who has had a difficult time sticking in the NBA um, and all the different reasons, you know, have been bannered about forever. But you would say maybe, you know, disappointment you know, or, you know, a letdown for, for everybody, for Jimmer. But, um, you know, I think the impact that he's had um, on the game and the way that the game's played uh, and then just the, the course that his career's taken him and the people that he's met and just being able to go to China and basically have a, you know, an impact on people that, like he said, don't even get the internet. I mean, they had no idea who the guy was really. Um, I think, uh, you know, every it's just a kind of a... Uh, a lesson in life really you've got expectations and you've got a dream for what it's going to be and you know it just didn't turn out exactly the way he wanted but played in the league for for years and and played with different teams and got that experience and uh you know i, I think that uh you know it's been positive i think i don't think there's i would ever call jimmer Fredette's professional career a disappointment there are a lot of players picked higher than he is that have a lot, or he was, right. excuse me, that have a lot you know, or not as good of career as he has had. He's made a lot of money. He's played really well at different places. And just because um, you uh, don't spend 10 years in the NBA by no means uh, makes you a, a disappointment. So I want to say that. But here, here's my take on Jimmer. I always thought if he was three to four inches taller, he would have played 10 to 15 years in the NBA regardless. But at his size, it it was tough for an NBA team to highlight what he does. Yeah. And and of course he's you know, you match him up one on one against Damian Lillard on defense, you know, he's gonna be at a disadvantage in the NBA specifically the Western Conference is full of those, those guys. guys. Correct. And so if you're Kyle Corver's size, you can hide him on defense a little bit and then highlight what he does on offense. When you're the point guard you're front and center, and you have to. There's only one particular person that that you can you can guard. So either a, a franchise has to turn over the entire offense to Jimmer to go do his thing, or else he's just not the come in, spot up, catch and shoot type of dude at his size. And I, I thought he was always his game was not a great fit for the NBA at his size. Yeah, and I think a lot of it too. I mean, you look back on uh, the situation he went into in Sacramento wasn't right from the start Not wasn't ideal. terrific. No. So you think, you know, those are also things you have to put into the equation. Um, you know, if he's on a different team with a different staff, with a different mindset and a more stable situation, is it better? Uh, but it is the way it is. And I'm with you. I mean, I think uh, critics would say, you know, guy, you know, the guy couldn't stick. But I, I look at it completely opposite. I think, um, I think Jimmer, Bottom line is he's a guy you can say that name to anyone in the United States that follows hoop, and no matter where I go, you know I tell him Jimmer had no, you know you know Jimmer played for BYU. I was one of the coaches. Dude had no idea how to shoot the ball till I got a hold of him. That's <laughs> <laughs> a joke, um, but yeah, it's uh, the, the best part about that kid is that kid. I mean, it's perfect that he picks um, a foundation to support. About you know uh, focusing on kindness because he might be one of the more kind guys. He he literally would stay and sign 
things until there was nobody left all the time. Um, and uh, he, he's a terrific human being. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because I don't think um, somebody with a different character could have handled the amount of spotlight that was cast upon him and be the uh, the, the perfect person to carry that, that torch. Not that he's perfect, but, but he had the perfect personality for that. He's kind of got this happy-go-lucky thing going, and he's not doesn't have the arrogance. It's not off-putting. He's obviously a, a good human. You know, I, he was kind of the perfect person to handle that. I wonder if uh, other another personality type would have gone through that if if they would have handled it quite as well. I'll give you a case in point, and, and you can confirm or deny a rumor out there uh, or not uh, that Jabari Parker didn't didn't want that, and that his reception that he got when he took his visit to BYU was almost off-putting to him because right. he didn't have that personality where he wanted that attention and that spotlight because it's. That's hard. It is hard. You know, that's hard. You have 20,000 people chanting your name, right? There's a lot of pressure that comes with it. The thing that Jimmer did time and time again was just answer the bell to the pressure. Yeah. I mean, he didn't feel it because I think he didn't take himself so seriously. And uh, it just, it was a perfect marriage. I mean, you asked him about Coach Rose, and I say this all the time. I've had the experience of working for a lot of different guys, and I don't know that he could have been Jimmer well, I know he couldn't have been Jimmer with, with another coach. You know, Coach Rose allowed him to be him. And it's not like Jimmer came in right away and just had this instant success. You know, we are the staff that didn't start him an entire season. He did not start his whole freshman year. And in this day and age, that just wouldn't stick. A guy that He'd be gone. That good? Yeah, yeah. he's gone. Mm-hmm. But to Jimmer's credit, his family's credit, they believed in the process. Um, they supported our decisions. They didn't necessarily agree with it. But it was good and amicable, and then obviously, the you just laid the, the groundwork for what what he became. You know, I know that he had a lot of moments in BYU that will stick out in anybody's mind, right? You know, all the shots and uh, tournament performances, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, one that really sticks out in mind as this was quintessential Jimmer is when he had that game, and I was I was up at the Huntsman Center when you guys were taking on Utah, and he was just decimating them. And at the end of the first half, got basically an ovation. From Ute from fans. Ute fans. You've been around this rivalry uh, most of your life, uh, on the very inside of it. In order to provoke that kind of reaction from the that rival, you got to be doing something it, special. It was shocking, you know really. I mean? It was. It was completely shocking. I think of all the memories, and I think it was really Jimmer's coming out party, um, the Arizona game, his junior year, when we just – I mean, we ran the Wildcats out of the gym. We beat them by 20. It wasn't close. And he had 47. Um, it's just, it's, it was an amazing, amazing thing. And then he just continued to do it time and time again. Awesome. And the league was so good back then, too. The Mountain West Conference was so good his yep. junior and senior It really year. was. New was- Mexico was good. UNLV was really good. Um, you know, Utah was, was competitive. San Diego State was awesome. San Diego State was awesome. So, yeah, there were two Sweet, sweet 16 teams in that league. You know, San Diego State and us went to the Sweet 16 that year. I just don't think uh, college basketball has been the same since, to be honest with you, in, in here, right, in, in this market. I think we're all kind of waiting for that. Even though Utah had a couple of good runs with uh, with Pirtle and DeLon Wright, it was, I mean, that was when the league was really good. And I realize Utah wasn't very good at the time, but the, you had superstars in Kawhi Leonard and Jimmer Fredette, and, and Kawhi may not have been the superstar he is today, but he certainly was in college basketball ranks. And that was, I was down at that, that conference tournament, and man, that was a lot of fun. It just raised the bar for everybody's expectations, and that's obviously a really good thing and a tough thing. But, you know, fans should take a lesson from Jimmer and uh, and be patient. Be patient, 
trust the process. No, you know, the, it just takes a little time. I mean, you're not going to do it every single year, but uh, we've got really good basketball in the state right now um, and really good coaches, and it's just a matter of time before something happens like that again. The other lesson from Jimmer's career, work out at the prison. Go down to the prison, get some pickup games going, and you know. we, we played. We played in Glens Falls one year. Okay, so we took our team back there to play in the Civic Center. You want to talk about a goosebump moment? Oh when, yeah. Oh man, the the place. I think the game was seven, and at five thirty six o'clock, there was not a seat in the house. Really, everybody was there standing on their feet watching warm ups, and then when they introduced Jimmer, seriously, I looked over at Coach and I had the same. I mean, we're all human, but the the buzz and the the love for this kid and the, what he did for that city, I mean, it was emotional. Pretty wild. It was really really cool. Hmm.